This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Rock City, everyone. No, 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 I don't know what I was thinking there. Oh, I've got to continue in there. Yeah, oh, you've got to keep going. Come on, Low gang. Rock City, bitch. Rock, rock City, bitch. No cap. Um, hello, everybody. It's <laughs> it's Jack Andrew and Rots here from Cultaholic, and it's time we're in a very excited mood because it's time for Full Gear 2022. How are you feeling about the show, Ross? It's going to be a pivotal event in AEW history oh, really? for a number of reasons, both happenings in the ring and out of the ring, and maybe next to the ring on the ramp. Maybe in the press conference afterwards. <laughs> there no. is going to be one. They've confirmed. I saw Nick Howsman. Who Ooh. fancies himself to be a journalist? I've heard. A journalist. He says they're going to have one, so we'll have to see what happens there. Do you think he's? Do you think Tony's going to have this one on lock? I reckon it'll be Nick Houseman in a, in the room by himself with a singular <laughs> light bulb just above his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Garden in, in, interrogating him. I like it. I feel like this press conference will surely not be as explosive as what we're expecting it to be, but. Wrestlers could see this as an opportunity now to, oh, the last one got so much attention. Yeah. Let's let's jump in oh, there. What if they do the worky, worky, shooty, shooty thing? Oh. Tom Campbell would be in tatters. He if, would if, be. If there's one thing Tom hates, it's worky, shoot, shooty works. Mm. Does he? It physically hurts him. You can see it when he sat at his computer. He's just seen one happen. <laughs> he goes, oh. Yeah. Um, Andrew, how are you feeling about the show? Uh, 50-50, okay. I think. Like, there's some really good matches on the card and there's some good storylines to go off as well. But recently, for me, right, AEW, bit middling. Don't, don't. Bit middling. Don't, because we like to keep things, you know, just as we see it on the channel. We don't have it. We don't support AEW like it's a football team. Yeah. And we've been called too negative. Oh, AEW? Yeah, in the, really? on, the, on the podcast comments every week. I'm still getting rubbished for being a, a, a shill. AEW shill. You can't win, Jack. You can't was, win either way. There was a comment on last week's podcast saying it just feels like you're crap on an AEW no matter what they do because last, last week's episode, this comment said, was one of the best dynamites in history. No! You're, you're having a laugh! You're with a five-minute Jeff Jarrett promo. Ah! Oh. oh, my God. You weren't around in 2019. However, what I will say We're is... We're being positive, though. What I will say is, Regardless of how the TV's doing at any given time, like WWE, AEW can still always pull a pay-per-view yes, out of the Yes, they can. They can. They've they got the quality. They they've got the talent. Mm. Uh, but will they do it? And will we come up with any better ideas ourselves? This is obviously nine pitches. We're going to go around in a circle, Ross, then Andrew, then myself, three times, then we'll be left with nine lovely pitches for Full Gear 2022. Uh, remember the golden rule, guys. It's not what we think's going to happen. It's, it's what, what we want, want to happen. Which could be out of date in a few hours because tonight's dynamite hasn't happened yet. That's correct. Yes. It's important to point out. Look at the paint on the car. Too much rim make the ride too hard. Ross... Rock, rock city, bitch. Rock, rock city, bitch. <laughs> Ross, could you... 10, 10, 10, 20s on No, those. no, no. Ross, could you give us <laughs> your first pitch, please? I'm going straight for the main event of the night. It's a basic bitch pitch, but I think it needs to happen. And I want it to happen because it needs to happen. John Moxley absolutely batters MJF for a pretty long time, but no matter what Moxley does, he can't put MJF away. Whatever he hips him with, uh, whatever he hips him with, hip hop happening, bro. Whatever he hits him with, MJF keeps valiantly kicking out. Sympathy. 
for the devil. Whoa. A couple of occasions arise where Moxley is down and that sexual deviant William Regal is moaning at the referee. MGF could cheat either by hitting Moxley with a weapon, the dynamite diamond ring, something like that, or generally just cheat like a dirty cheater would. But each time we see the moral dilemma written across his face, causing turmoil inside the brain of MGF. But crucially, every time he could do something bad, he resists sympathy for the devil. <laughs> Having failed to put away MGF on so many occasions in this match, Moxley is starting to lose it. He's starting to lose all composure, yo. No cap. He's having to go back to Regal at ringside for tactical team meetings on more than one occasion. On one of these occasions, towards the very end of the match, MJF is selling whatever Moxley's just done to him. Moxley sticks his head through the top and the middle ropes, and he's talking to William Regal, who is down on the ringside floor area. But crucially, Regal is facing away from the ring mm -hmm. because he just watched some sort of near fall kickout sort of thing, and he's sort of like turned away from the ring in sort of disbelief. He's, he's got like, got oh, his... yeah, whoa, oh, what the hell? Whoa, Roddy, me buggers. Uh, something like that. So, um, <laughs> he sort of stood with his head in his hands, crucially facing away from the ring, wondering what his BCC pal has to do to win the match. The referee's, the referee's also down, by the way, because we do one of those spots here where Mox does a move and a flailing leg of MJF catches mm. the referee. And they're down, by God. I've printed this double-sided. That's not the right bit of paper. Regal! <laughs> Regal listens to Moxley saying, what the hell do I do, oh man? What can I do, man? Guide me, senpai. Regal doesn't have a clue what to say, so he looks up to the crowd and a poo-eating grin appears on his face. And bosh! Whoa! He delivers a sweet uppercut and or hand, overhand serve, depending on if he can reach in his tight suit jacket. Mm -hmm. Another slightly loose on one side, so he can swing. Yeah. He said on his podcast before, so let's just say a sweet uppercut. And as the camera sort of pans out and then goes back in again, we see that Regal's wearing those filthy brass nooks, and he's used those brass nooks to spark out John Moxley. MJF oh. sees what's happened, and he's like, what the hell? I'm having my moment overshadowed once again. Sympathy for the devil. But then... Then the bewilderment turns into poo eating as well as he smiles. <coughs> Excuse me. And he smiles really hard at William Regal. And because undoubtedly he's covered in blood at this time, he creates a visual we'll all certainly be telling our grandkids about. MJF covers Moxley. The referee comes around one, two, three, and MJF is your new AEW World Heavyweight <sighs> Champion. Regal gets in the ring and shakes the hands of M. Well, just one hand of MJF. And then the pair leave. MJF worked us all, pretending he was a wholesome boy these days. Regal worked us all. We have all been worked by these two workers, brother, brother, brother. This is because Regal always maintained that he was a villain, but he also begged MJF not to take any shortcuts. Mm. And who provided the shortcut for the heel? It was William Regal, mm. the pair of bastards. BCC are in the mud. We get multiple feuds coming out of this for MJF, of course. I think Regal should align with uh, MJF because that's he's just he's a gentlemanly villain, isn't he? He's a gentleman's villain. Mm. Oh, he liked it. And, and, and I don't think it's just what I want to happen. I think it's what I think might happen mm. as well. Yeah, I so think it might as well. It's a yes from me. Uh, it's a yes from me because we've got a similar first pitch as well. Ross, we, we didn't got, confirm We this didn't time. confirm Mine's this also before. about oh, Jeff oh, and Moxley, oh, but it's different. It's different. It's, different. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit similar, but there's a bit of... Uh, uh, a little bit it's okay. of... We can both want the same thing. Yeah, we, can, we can. As yeah. I, I, well, like mine, it. I like different. it very, very much. I've kind of diverged away from Willie Regal getting necessarily involved. So it's completely different then? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's, pretty, it's similar, but it's different, you know? It's similar. But yeah, I like it. I think I think it's, it's something that I would very much like to see as well. Lovely. Lovely, Lovely. stuff.
Andrew, uh, let's find out how similar or different it is. So yeah, we're going to the to the main event as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna reel it back a little bit further to set it up yes. slightly. Okay, right. Ring of Honor World Title, Fatal Four Way, Danielson, Claudia, Jericho, and Guevara. Scrummy, scrummy, Willie Reeks joins commentary as per two. <laughs> the match starts off as you expect, with the members from each faction teaming up to put their beat down on the others before mutually agreeing to batter the wee wee out of one another. Honor. However. Things turn out to be the opposite of honorable, not honorable. As when Claudio and... Well, maybe. Okay, all right. It's <laughs> not honorable. Not honorable. As when Claudio and Danielson are facing off one-on-one, -on -one, Jericho puts into the effect the words he uttered to Sammy Guevara weeks ago. You'll know what to do when the time comes. Paraphrasing, maybe. He said something along those lines. He did say something. He, he said, do the, you'll do the right thing. Yes. You little bitch. You little bitch. He said. With Claudio gripped tight in the label lock applied by Brian, Jericho and Guevara roll back into the ring, and Jericho asks Sammy to lay down and do the job finger poke of Doom style quickly to score the victory. Sammy's like, Sammy's like, whoa, no, reluctant. He doesn't want to do such a thing. So he goes to break up the submission hold that Danielson has on Claudio, but Jericho shrugs and just, boof, catches Sammy square in the face with a shock Judas effect. He grabs the rest's attention who's trying to keep tabs on Claudio and Brian and goes for the pin, but at the same time, unbeknownst to the ref, as he's counting, Claudio Claudio's like, I'm done, get me out of here. But that doesn't matter as Cheetah Cheetah Pumpkin Eater Jericho scores the win in dubious fashion. This just infuriates Danielson, right? Who at this point thinks he's won because he is the uh, until he hears the announcement, sorry. So Jericho quickly escapes up the ramp and as Claudio goes to comfort his stable mate and offer a handshake, Danielson just slaps it away. Gets right into the Swiss Superman's face. This in turn brings out Wheeler Yuta, who's had a few issues with Danielson over the last couple of weeks due to the stuff with Garcia too. And things devolve and a scrap ensues, which leaves Willie Regal strutting on down to the ring to keep things in order. But as he tries to separate things, hey boys, just get, go, go away from each other, all right? He gets a stray bop to the head. Ooh. From who? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I just, I didn't specify that. Oh. The three men like to stop, uh, the three men stop to realize what they've just done. Regal stares daggers like when you come home at 9 or 1 p.m. after your mum said be back by 9 p.m. on the dot. He leaves and he's absolutely fuming. So main event o'clock and it's Mox and MJF. Billy Willie is back on commentary once again, seemingly having shrugged off what happened earlier. It's just, it's just a bit of a tiff, a quarrel, a bit of bounce with the lads. MGS working like a babyface throughout the whole entire match. His hometown crowd rallying behind him. He's sticking within the confines of the rules whilst Moxley, oh, he is bending them slightly, cockily mocking MJF. He doesn't believe the Burberry boy has what it takes, but he does. He brings it back and gains momentum. We see a brief moment where the two team up to run the firm away as well. As Moxley looks on up the ramp as the firm scurry out of the arena, behind his back, MGF senses an opportunity and pulls out the dynamite diamond ring. But conflicted, MGF doesn't go for the blindsided punch, though. And as Moxley turns back round, MGF hesitates before casting the ring aside and instead reaches out to Moxley for a handshake as a sign of respect. As the ref goes to move the dynamite ring out of reach, Moxley extends his hand towards Max's, but not fully trusting him, Moxley drops to his knees and goes for a low blow, thinking he can beat Max at his own game. Only as Moxley does this, he's holding his fist in agony. He's like, ah, what the hell was that? What's going on here? As if he's hit something solid. 
with a shocked expression on his face. Max is like, what's going on here? He digs into his trunks no, to no, reveal no. a set of brass knuckles before pushing Moxley <laughs> into the corner where the ref currently Wait. is and blindly clocking John in the back of the head with him. Bosh. Bosh. He's boshed him, all right? He's I was seeing him. groin. I was seeing that hand movement. Yeah, I was hearing yeah, something yeah. hard in the short. Uh, yeah, yeah well, well. well. I thought it was like a, a cricket box. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. As Moxley lays lifeless, MJF, uh, MJF applies the salt of the earth as he looks on directly at the commentary desk towards Billy and William before the ref calls for the bell. And just like that, MJF is your new AEW champion. Williams wish Wellington storms to the ring to confront MJF. He adorns his own set of brass knuckles and helps the disoriented former champion to his feet as MJF laughs in his face before daring Regal to clock him. Silly Willie goes nose to nose with MJF as the two begin verbally tearing into one another. And as Mox games a semblance of consciousness to charge for Max Regal instead turns and why wipes out his former stablemate, oh, no. slowly raising the hand of the new champion as the two lock on and smile at Moxley strewn across the canvas. That's the one. Yeah, it's a yeah. Yeah? It's a yes Thank from you. me as well. I Similar like to Ross's, but yeah, different, very, yeah, as yeah, you yeah. promised, different at the same See, time. Because I was like, so, 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 William Regal is, has been telling MJF, like, you need to get your hands dirty. Don't let anybody else get your hands dirty for you, all right? So, like, what's the thing that the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is making you think... Never there you go. So he's being babyface throughout this whole entire thing, right? Being like, no, I've changed, I've changed. But he's just got... He's done a William Regal thing, and he's took his... Uh, he's took the brass knuckles... In Round his, his weenus. On his weenus. Yeah. That would be uncomfortable. Like. It would be yeah, a little bit, yeah. but you know. How if you MJF like that? Off, he can do it. You know, when you hear stuff, I've been uh, reading Bret Hart's autobiography lately. Yeah. I've been mentioning it on like every video. Um, a lot of the times in matches where they know that one of them's got to get some color, brother. Yeah. He hides the blade under his top lip. That's How do you wrestle weird. with that? How do you, it must be in like a little plastic thing, right? Before yeah, you yeah, it yeah, out. yeah. You yeah, wrap yeah. it in mm. tape, but still, I'd be so scared. I'd be scared as well. Swallowing it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yes is all around so far. Yeah. Amazing, thank you. Mine also concerns the main event, but we start in the Soraya versus Britt Baker match first. Ooh. There's some seeds to be sown here before. Okay. Um, so, uh, which Soraya wins, because as much as I'm a fan of Britt, you can't be having Soraya lose her first match back in wrestling. Afterwards, Britt is furious, but then gathers herself and offers Soraya a handshake. But Soraya is too, it's not on purpose, but she's too busy celebrating and doesn't quite see Britt and might like might knock her by accident. And Britt's like, all right then. And she just storms out the ring to the back and makes Soraya look maybe a little bit arrogant. Oh. Maybe a little bit arrogant. Britt's like, I was offering you a handshake, mate. It's a misunderstanding. We carry on. Later... In a Ring of Honor title four-way match, Danielson has Jericho about to tap out, but Sammy breaks it up and hits Danielson with a steel chair. It's four-way, so there's no, there's not really any DQs. Mm. Uh, Jericho gets to his feet and he's all like, "Hey, Sammy, my boy, thank you." But Sammy hits him as well. Yeah, why are you laughing at that? Like, <laughs> hey, uh, hey gabagoo! <laughs> he didn't do it like that. Um, but Sammy hits Dan. Loved that. Dan and, did love that. But Sammy hits him as well. Uh, he hits Claudio as well for good measure. He's hit all three people and leaves, audibly saying, "This is bull crap." As he goes. He's not happy. Claudia wins. Uh, I've said here, it doesn't really matter for the pitches, but I'm not really enjoying Jericho's reign. And I like the idea of a friendly rivalry between Claudio and Danielson for the belt. Mm. Uh, anyway, moving on. I've realized as well, on weeks when we do pitches and I've not got my lenses in, I have to hold the thing really. And that's what I'm doing. The comments have pointed out before that I really like, look close. Into, yeah. I need to start wearing my lenses for you. Right. Um, to the main event we go. Uh, and this is where you can tell that we haven't conferred because back and forth they go, MJF is wrestling his heart out and... 
defying everything that Moxie throws at him because for some weird reason, AEW have been toying with the idea of him as a babyface in this one. I have no idea why they thought it was a good idea, but let's roll with it. MJF's busted open and almost loses on several occasions, but he's pulling out all the stops and almost surprising Moxley with a couple of near falls as well. Moxley is getting visibly more and more angry as he tries to put MJF away until finally William Regal comes down and pulls Moxley aside for a pep talk, but he's actually slipping him the brass knuckles. <gasps> you seen that gif of when Kurt Angle, Regal gives Kurt Angle the brass, they like, or is it Angle gives them to Regal? I've got no idea what's on about. There's a little <laughs> gif where like they walk off to the corner because the ref checked Regal and he's like, I've got nothing on me. And then he's tag part, his tag partner's Angle and he's like, come over here. And Angle goes like, there you go. And they both just sort of give a gentleman's nod to each other. And then, yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, Regal then distracts the referee as Moxley gets in and thinks about it and then actually does it. He clocks MJF with the brass knuckles and slides them out of the ring. Regal lets the ref go and they turn around. Uh, they're a bit like, what's going on here? This is the referee, but they can't call what they don't see. They get down to administer the count. One, two. The ref's pulled out the ring by Britt Baker. What are you doing here? Whoa. Moxley's fuming. He's like, what the hell are you doing out here? What's going on? Britt doesn't play innocence or argue back like she usually would in such a situation. She just glares right back at him very intensely. Moxley turns around and goes to pick up MJF. Small package. One, two, three. MJF's the new AEW world champion. But he doesn't have time to save at the moment because immediately the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club hit the ring to administer revenge. But MJF is saved by four figures running out from the back. Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, fresh from his cage match victory over Luchasaurus, Darby Allen, and Ricky Starks, who let's say has just won the number one contender tournament, I guess, but we don't really know because this is on Wednesday and we don't know what's happened in that. Um, they fight off the Blackpool Combat Club and send them all packing. Britt Baker joins them in the ring and MJF, and they all have a big stare down, and then they all hug, and the crowd's like, what's going on here? On the following Dynamite, MJF explains that they are sick of being disrespected by the former big names coming to AEW and thinking they're the stars of the show. He says, the five of us are the stars. We're the pillars. We're the real stars. Five pillars. The five pillars. Brett <gasps> Baker. <gasps> Where are you going? Extra support. Aye. In fact, there's six. I just counted there. <laughs> Sammy, Jungle Boy, Ricky, Starks, Darby Allen, MJF. Oh, it's six. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a well, sturdy. Heavy, maybe, heavy roof. That's maybe, sturdy. Maybe he didn't say the pillars line. <laughs> we're, the star, we're the real stars and we're only going to shine brighter in the future. Um, we're the scaffolding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which leads us to Revolution, where the theme is appropriately the AW originals versus these perceived invading Ooh. forces. They don't say WWE, but the implication is very much there. Uh, I've said I'm keen to keep each side a relatively small number because there's already loads of groups in AW, and I still want to keep names, popular names like Eddie Kingston and Hangman Page free for their own storyline. So I don't want this to take over the whole show, mm. but it should be a big thing. I've also included some fun little suggestions for this to go in the future. MJF slipping gradually into paranoia. He's the figurehead of this movement, but all the other lads are going to be gunning for that title as well. Uh, Moxley uncomfortable with his role because, yes, he's a former superstar, but he's also arguably an AW original as well. And tension between Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Because, of course, he is an a he's he is. a WWE boy as well. Yeah. There we go. It's very convoluted, Ooh. but that's the end of the pitch. Oh, yes, I like it. Oh, thank you very Just much. Just one bit I would change. Go that on. was Britt Baker getting involved before the culmination of the, the okay. final bell. Just mm. because she gets enough stick, that lady. I yeah. think unjust sometimes. And that's just giving people more license to have a go mm. at her. It's a very fair point. I think it's <clears throat> I think it's very very good, and I'd love to see something with the pillars, the scaffolding, uh, the every yeah we call them the structure. They're we'll the, scaffold. The, the scaffold. Um, I think I think that's really good because some of the pillars at the moment not really doing too much. I don't mm. think of, of of substance. I think I've I've got something for someone oh. down the line as well. Um, but I really really like that idea a lot, and I think it'd be something a nice a nice bit of something new. 
I realize that I've chucked in an extra pillar. Like, Brit is an extra one that I've put in. Yeah. Is it Starks? Starks, is he not, Starks. He's not one of the pillar pillars. pillar hunter, isn't he? Yeah. He's the pillar hunter. That's his sort of gimmick, isn't it? Like, oh, you call yourself, call yourself pillars. You're not. Bosh. So Bosh. the pillars are MJF, Darby, Sammy, and... Jungle. Jungle, Jungle boy. boy. Right, okay. Okay. Jungle is massive. Um, yes. And can we have your second pitch, please? Aye. Of course you can. Halfway through the show. Carry on my wayward son. Oh. Happy uh, peace when you are done. You know the line? I don't know what that line yeah. is. Lay your weary, weary head to rest. Head to yeah. Rest. I know. Carry on my wayward son. Don't you cry no more. So that song starts playing randomly halfway through the show. Jim Ross lights a split at ringside and starts <laughs> getting down <laughs> with this particular vibe. By God. The elite slowly walk out of the entrance ramp. This is the Bucks' new theme we learned because I think they trademarked something to do with Wayward Sons recently mm. and have said in the past this is their dream entrance theme, or at least Matt does, and I think he thinks he speaks on behalf of Nick, even though he doesn't. <laughs> Nick is his own boy, okay? Um, and, of course, the Wayward Son bit sort of fits what happened over the past few months. The crowd obviously goes crazy, but immediately the lights go off. When they come back on, the elite are Dune, which is Jolly for Down, and standing over them are... The House of Black. Ooh. The lights go off again. Ooh. What the hell's going on? When they come back on, the Elite and the House of Black are down and standing over all of them is God's favourite champion, Mira, with a Thor-like hammer in what the hammer? distance. <laughs> with a Thor-like hammer. With a Thor-like hammer. Imagine him with a Will Thor-like Mjolnir. hammer. I've never seen those films, but I imagine that, that'd be a thing people would go mental for. Oh, they right. would, with God of War Ragnarok out now. This is Mira. This is God's favourite champion. Yeah. He, he, we hear Pac in the distance saying, oh, that's a lovely hammer. <laughs> Very much, he loves a hammer. Pack's pack. Ross has been yeah. on the podcast. Ross has been enraptured by Pack's little toffee. The storyline is just in case people haven't been watching Death Triangle. Well, two thirds are baby faces and Pack's a heel, but yep. Pack is trying to make the other ones just take shortcuts. And he's got the ring, uh, the, ring the, the bell, Time the bell ringers, bell. bell hammer. hammer. He's like, oh, use the hammer, the hammer here, the hammer. <laughs> so he loves Miro's massive hammer. <laughs> Miro starts going biblical with a promo speaking about the light and the dark while pointing at the elite for the light and the dark for the house of black mm. and how his cowardly god is colorless. So he's going to make. AEW colorless. Um, not, he's not going to light any fuses or bring any booms. And the roster has been put on notice. The lights go off again when they come back on. That vigilante Miro is gone, mm. but uh, he's back and he's finally got something to do because, you know, I might cover it in the next pitches video uh, that we do for AEW because he should be at the top of the card. These promos, yeah. everything about the presentation is top notch. I know he's been filming stuff this year, but I think that ended a few a little while ago if we yeah, believe the so. dirty sheets. So what the hell is he not doing anything for, Tony Khan? Uh, the elite and the House of Black get back to their feet slowly because have just been hit with a massive hammer. <laughs> uh, the crowd slowly rise to their feet. They come to a crescendo. Then Matt Jackson, because he thinks he's class, all right, he slowly turns his head with that look on his face. You know, you just want to slap him when he does that like tough guy look his on his face. His comeback look, like the yeah, does, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. does that and he looks at the ring. Then they lead in the house of black head down to the ring and have an impromptu match, and it's fantastic. That's the end of the pitch. Very good. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Returns. Um. My, my only worry there when you were saying it was like, oh, it, is it cut the House of Black's return short? Mm. But it was the ends justified the means. So I know it's, it's, yes it's going to be slightly hypocritical for those who listen to the Cultaholic Wrestling podcast. Because we've been having a go, haven't we, recently? The, the things that like uh, we had, uh, oh, my God. Uh, what's he called from Tony's stable? Oh, Cole Carter. Cole, Cole Carter making his big return. Yeah. And then immediately yeah. Jeff Jarrett making his return. Then we had Shibata making a surprise appearance. So I've gone, if that's the way they're going with it, that's what I would do with that sort of booking mm. logic. In this one instance, I think it does work. I think it is justifiable because, as you say, Miro is one of the biggest cult... Or he's one of the biggest 
like, um, what am I trying to say here? Like, he's one of the biggest... Examples. Example, that's exactly the word I was thinking of. <laughs> of Tony Khan having a shiny new toy and then having too many toys. And then, yeah. 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 It's like there, just because of the House of Black stuff. I don't. I don't want them. Because you're to... a guffy bar. I am. Oh, well, you're doing the bar. I'm doing. No, it's there. Well, the bison bar. troopers from Street Fighter. Um, it, it's there just because of the House of Black. Thing, what if but the House of Black else? won the impromptu match? <laughs> then you will get a big yes. From well, me. I'll do that just to get a yes. You'll get. We'll go on then. You'll get I'm a, a yes slag for yes. And me. and Miro with uh, a, a hammer, a big hammer, hammer. a bigger oh, hammer than Pat. Is uh, the hammer here? The hammer. I'm all in for that. I think I don't know what's going on, but we've kind of got some. We got another one here. Oh, no. We've got another one here, everybody. Well, why don't you do... Is it, You got one that is, doesn't relate to anything I've said yet. Well, why don't it, it you do doesn't... that one and then come back to the one that's similar? Well, I mean, I say it's similar. It's 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 like the first one. It's not that similar, <laughs> but it's similar. Oh, you know what it. I mean? Let's just go for it. Eh? <laughs> Let's go for it. So, upon successfully defending their trios championships against Top Flight and AR Fox, thanks to Pac's newfound best mate, the Toffee Chisel... Top... Do you know when you get like them slabs of toffee at Christmas and you got your little hammer? What's the hammer? Who's the toffee chisel? The toffee chisel, like the hammer. Oh, when you knock the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his newfound best mate. To Wardlow or something? No, because he's always carrying it around. Wait, when's this AR Fox thing? That's on this week. That's on Dynamite this week. Ooh, I'm excited for that. No, there you go. Death Triangle remain on top of the division, right? Backstage after the match, however, Penta and Phoenix have had just about enough of these shenanigans by War Jody Pack, all right? They basically say to him, look, lad, right? We're three of the best in the world and you're still resorting to Ding Ding Hammer to keep these titles around our shoulders. We don't need that. We don't, we don't need it. And to prove it, we've asked Big TK to issue us an open challenge for full gear. Let's show the world why we're the best. Doesn't matter who it is we're up against. We don't even need to know. Let's just remind the division why we don't need difference makers like that. Points to the Ohama or whatever Ross is. Yeah. <laughs> when we are. Just imagine it's spelled H A M M A. Hammer. Hammer. The Hammer Rear. Get the Hammer. Say it like you've just moved a bucket as well. Bye. Points to the hammer. Yes. Yeah, when right. we are the difference makers, not the hammer. Yeah. So full gear time arrives, and, and throughout the evening leading up to the match, we get multiple teasers as to who may very well be the ones to answer the open challenge. We get interactions with Death Triangle between Garcia and 2.0 from the JAS, Dark Order, Orange Cassidy, and the Best Friends. Many different teams that just continuously keep us guessing. So the match time arrives, and out to the ring come the champions, eagerly awaiting their opponents for the night as they look to rose the wamp, the wamp, <laughs> the wamp way. <laughs> as they look to rose the oh, oh no. As they look Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Towards the rampway, the arena goes dark, right? And then the Titantron, we see a white light that just illuminates the silhouette of a heaped pile of bodies. Everything's silent for a moment before stepping out from the darkness is a figure holding Orange Cassidy's sunglasses. Then to their left appears another figure holding a broken Preston Vance's mask. And then to the right is another figure ho- holding cool hand Angelo Parker's comb. Okay. A voice echoes throughout the arena by none other than Doug Bradley, who's been doing the voicing for the vignettes recently, right? Mm. Who's Doug Bradley, you ask? He's the guy who plays Pinhead in the Hellraiser films, right? And he utters a quote from Hellraiser, Bloodline specifically, that says, what you think of as pain is only a shadow. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you. And then all the items we see in their hands that they've been holding, we can see it. They're like dripping with blood until a final figure reveals themselves holding it. Like, you know, them brazier torches with like the flames coming off. Like the old school wooden torches. Like an undertaker gla- druid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, right. one yeah, yeah. like one of them. And uh, so they enter the picture and the light of the flames gives us a clearer look at who the shadowed uh, entities are. It's Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews and Julia Hart. Malachi Black simply just says, we've got such sights to show you, which is another Hellraiser quote right there. Before the light comes up to reveal the group already surrounding Death Triangle in the ring. And then they just beat Death Triangle and they win the trios championships. And then I was like, do I add a little bit more? Do I get the elite involved at the end? They like come out like we're coming back for them actually. And then we get a nice bit of a feud between the House of Black and the elite, which might be very, very good to see. But I want House of Black to come back and be absolutely dominant. Mm -hmm. I want them to have the trios championships, maybe even the tag team titles. And with Malachi Black having the TNT championship, I want them to hold it all. This might sound controversial because the elite are fantastic and death triangle are fantastic but mm. out of those out of all the trios i think the house of black are the ones capable of having the most great six-man mm. tag matches because they can have great tag matches with flippy men with strong men yeah with all we've kinds seen of, it yeah so i agree and it's a yes from me thank you it's a yes from me as well normally yeah. i'd be saying you cannot beat geordie park man what are you doing <laughs> but on this occasion they've had the trios tag team titles and it feels like they've disappeared a bit yeah mm. they're doing these backstage segments and whatnot where you know packs trying to make Ray and Penta a little bit more heelish and cut mm-hmm. corners, but it feels like that's all they're doing. So if they lost the titles now, I don't think it would change their trajectory that much. No, I think it feels like this part of the story with the descent in the rank should have come after a good few defences. Uh, yeah. A later chapter, but instead they've just gone straight in with it. Mm. Yeah, why would you change a winning formula, Pack? Yeah, yeah. Eh? Well, he's lost his uh, no, he he's lost, lost his, his other belts, championship, yeah. hasn't he? Uh, so that's what's like switched, flipped the switch. That was a loud it. click. That, what, You're oh, good at you. that. Oh, I can't do it now. Great. Can you do the one with like multiple? Not as well as that. Spanish. Yes. <laughs> With my, what they call maracas. Castanets. Not maracas, what they call castanets. Ariba. Right. Um, uh, second pitch time for me. <clears throat> I'm a great guy, so I've done one for the women. Um, just really... I'm also a great guy. I've done one as well. That's oh. my life. Oh, no. I'm a horrible, you horrible person. Pig. I'm a horrible person. Do they not um, matter to you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for a match that I, I initially, when I was looking at the card, trying to think of which matches to do pitches for, this was one that I just kept skipping over. And then I was like, no, actually, I'll do this one, which 
isn't one of the matches that's most inspiring me as we look forward to the weekend, but it's Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose mm. for the TBS Championship. Uh, nothing against either woman. It's just that the build's been... I haven't enjoyed it with Nyla well, stealing the belt. They've, and... they've overhyped it, aren't they? Like, with Jade going to take the show hostage and then <sighs> appearing for five minutes and then leaving politely of her own accord. <laughs> Nyla <laughs> coming out with the belt and going, ah, and then running off. And then yeah. the commentary going, she didn't get it back. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. So the match happens. Jade Cargill wins and retains the TBS title, getting back the physical belt, of course. Uh, to celebrate, she announces the Jade Cargill Invitational Battle Royal because she's beating everybody and she, does, she doesn't want to wait to find out her next opponent. So all the women in the back, get your gear on because it's happening tonight. Um, we get a battle royal for the number one contendership because we've had more than enough tournaments. I don't want to see another one of them. And I also feel as though the TBS title contenders are picked slightly at random, so it's better to feel like they've earned it at least by winning a battle royal. Uh, that happens a couple of matches after this one, and it features a final four of uh, Ty Conti, Anna JAS, Willow Nightingale, and Serena Deeb. The two stablemates sit back and watch Deeb and Nightingale wear each other down until finally, to the shock of Ty and Anna, the less experienced Willow manages to eliminate Serena. The other two immediately jump on her and beat her down. Anna gets the Queen Slayer locked in. Does she still call it the Queen Slayer? Yeah. yeah. And Ty charges, but Willow gets out of it at the last second and the two heels collide. Willow grabs a woozy Anna and throws her out. The final two is Willow and Ty with Willow getting the feel-good win. Uh, I know she's already faced Jade before and lost, but I think for the rest of 2022, we now need to build Willow up as a serious threat because she's very likable and charismatic and good in the ring. So let's give her a lot of mic time and some big wins on Dynamite and Rampage to keep her strong. She can also beat the other members of the baddies. So you know, like, mm. you know, like in the Pokemon games where you go into a gym and you've got to yeah. beat the underlings before you get to the big... Yes. She beats, like, you know, the other members of the baddies. You have to beat the children before you get to the Elite Four. You've got to beat the children. You've got to beat the children. You are a bad person. <laughs> That's what the Pokemon's about. Yeah, 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 Beating children. Yeah, you beat children until you get to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Why yeah, is yeah. it so popular? You're a child as well. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, well, that so makes it makes sense. Yeah, there you go. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't state that. Which yeah, you should have. I guess yeah, a main, yeah. a main part of it. That reminds yeah. me of an interview I saw with Tom Cruise. I think it was where he's like, I fancied the girl in like year eight, and he's like, Oh, I was also in year eight. As okay, well. yeah, okay. Sure, it might have been Brad Pitt. I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, the title match then happens on the first Dynamite of 2023 and I want Willow to actually win which mm. allows Jade to move on up the card and hopefully create a new key star of the women's division in Willow Nightingale but I don't think it should happen on pay-per-view because the title change would risk getting lost in like a 13-match card and maybe wouldn't feel as special there we go woo-woo I'm on the Willow Nightingale Express same mm. yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too she's very good like when she I first she's one of those wrestlers who gets it yeah, she gets the when, middle thing I feel like when she first came in and rightly so too when you're on a big TV show like that a little bit shaky but then recently oh yeah she's, she's just been so so good so she's, yeah it's a big yes from me she's like Batista she's like, oh I get you like a little bit <laughs> what? what with the, with the power no, yeah, yeah, the I power. Get it. yeah 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 but, but she's you, also smiley and happy though yeah, yeah just like Batista was yeah 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 always yeah. smiley and happy especially in the Deacon he? days absolutely with no, his little box around she's like Deacon Batista power move <laughs> Spine busters, power bombs. The yeah. pounce was really good as well yeah. recently. Who did you murder yeah. in the ropes? Oh, God. That was a good one. I saw that wrestler tweet about it as well, but I can't remember her name. I can't remember it either. But she got pounced halfway across the Kenny Omega. Goddamn ring. It was. It's Kenny Omega, yeah. indeed. Um, third yeah, and final. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Third and final pitch, please, Rob. Mine's another basic bitch one, but I just want it to happen, and that's the entire point of this bollocks. So let's go for go it. Go on then. Um, Jamie Hayner versus Tony Storm happens on the card after Soraya versus Britt Baker. I don't know, Andrew went, yes, so Come I joined on. in. I'm hoping you're going to say what I think you're going to say. 
but I'm going to leave it to you to say it. Well, no pressure then, is there? No. Um, where the good doctor has been defeated with a plumb by Soraya. This has happened earlier in the night. Haters then out there on her own because obviously Britt Baker's been beaten down and she cannot accompany her pal to the ring. But as the match goes on, you know what bloody happens. Britt Baker comes down to ringside because she always has to get involved. That's what the haters like to say. Not the Jamie haters, just the, the general Britt Baker haters mm. um, because she has to always stick her nose in it and be the center of attention, all that sort of stuff. Rebel's also at ringside because she's, she's accompanied Jamie Hater down to ringside and every time Baker tries to stick her nose in Rebel's like no man what you doing man this is her moment this is her perfect moment <laughs> not yours Martina McCutcheon reference there lovely stuff in Rebel 2022 the northeast of England way I eventually a raging Brit Baker twats Rebel upside the head and gets herself on the apron this is Brit Baker on the apron now and with Tony Storm down Hater's like hey bro what you think you're doing just from the south. Was that Jamie here? That was yeah. good. Hey, that was actually hey, no, that, bro. Was, that was good. That uh, she's got, she's got a, a touch of the Soraya about that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Yeah. What are you doing? What are um, you doing, <laughs> Charlotte? <laughs> what are you? Doing? I will stop it. Uh, this leads to a spot where Storm is able to hit a gnarly tornado DDT on Jamie because she's looking at Britt Baker saying, what are you doing? And she's mm. using the ropes. Swings around like a... You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Such yeah. talk. Um, but uh, crucially, Tony Storm does not get the three on this occasion. Britt Baker, though, ever the consummate professional, is breathing a large sigh of relief at ringside saying, goodness me, thank God no, she kicked out. That was close. Mm. Uh, eventually, Jamie Hayter gets the win and is the new AEW interim women's world champion. Oh, yeah, God, it's interim. It is interim. Thunderstruck by ACDC starts playing and out strolls the real women's world champion, Thunder Rosa, like she's a wary cat entering a room with a stranger in it. You know that walk, don't you? Yeah. So she's like... One of those ones. Um, ah, she's got that theme now because that's just a thing that should have happened a long time ago, in my opinion. Um, at the sight of Rosa, Baker hops in the ring and gives it the big one stood next to her pal. You want Sam? Oh, we'll give it you. Britt Baker says while stood behind Jamie Hayter, <laughs> okay. like the Wheelstone Raider. That's a 10-year-old yeah, reference yeah, yeah. nobody's getting now apart from Dan. Dan loves it, don't you, Dan? Yes. Rosa <laughs> continues towards the ring. Baker then retreats slightly behind Jamie Hayter. And we get to the point where we can where we can see Rosa on the apron closest to the Tron. Is everyone following? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Rosa's on that apron closer to the Tron. Hayter's in the middle of the ring. Brit is slightly behind Hayter. And the camera up shooting this entire thing, crucially, is on the ring apron furthest away from the Tron. Oh, so it's, like so it's here... all from behind. Oh, wow. So it's like okay. the, here comes the pain yeah. camera angle, but flatter because he's on the ring apron. And this is crucial. Let me tell you why, as I remember where I am in the thing. Yes, uh, this is crucial because I need to see what Hayden can see on the Tron. Because Baker bloody oh. goes for her. Oh, but, baby! But because we can see what Hayden can see on the Tron, and we know that she's, we, we, we know that she's seen Baker coming because we see a definitive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she, she, looks, she looks up at the, at the, at the Tron And there. I'm sure Excalibur will hammer this home as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, she'll shout towards Jamie here. Sean Paul will do that, as I like to call Excalibur now, because he is the glue that holds it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, she's seen the attack coming on the Tron. She ducks it, and Baker's momentum sends Rosa spilling off the apron. Rainmaker when Britt Baker turns back around. Baker's down, Baker's down. Hater, hater, hater. It's the Jody Jim Ross now. But God, that's got to be Nova Kane. She's got Nova Kane. She stabbed her, she stabbed after Baker's numb, Baker's numb, Baker's numb. We don't have to involve the Novocaine. No, no. Essentially, Baker's is down in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And then Hater just gives Baker the beating she should have given her a long old time ago, writing Britt Baker off TV completely until we're Ooh. ready to revisit mm. uh, Jamie Hater versus Britt Baker. We can run this back, no cap. 
Yeah. Um, coming out with a pay-per-view, we get Rosa versus Hater for the title whenever Rosa is ready. I think it's going to be quite soon, judging of what she said in the press yeah. this week. So hopefully it's not it's sooner rather than later. Wait, what did she say in the press? Uh, she's she's doing things again. Yeah, she's reco- she's recovering <laughs> nice. Maybe she will appear then. I have no idea. But hopefully it's soon. Um, and then after Hater wins that one and becomes a definitive AEW Women's World Champion, a feud between that jealous bitch called Britt Baker and the all-conquering champion called James Hater can begin. I think she's from Southampton, by the way. I yeah, she's built from, I think yeah. she is. Which is not, have any of you been? No, no, I never. Just been. a town of mysteries to me, Southampton. I've got <gasps> no idea what it is. Yeah, yeah. I know it's on the sea. I know it's like on the south coast. Yeah. that's where Pacini goes to get the ferry home. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Why is it a town of mysteries? I just don't know what it's about. You know, apart <laughs> from the football team. Does it have to be about anything? I'd love to go. Yeah, <laughs> find out. Let's just find out. Ross, it's a yes from me. Thank you. I think that I, I suspect we're of the same opinion that this is. This hater thing's gone on for too long and she should have turned on Brit probably when Brit started messing with her pinfalls and stuff in when, that. When she went match. back with that, I was like, what are you yeah, doing? No, what are you doing, James? Long time coming. Yeah. It's a very long time. I know it's a big yes from me because the things that happened in that are the things that I want to actually happen as well. I want yeah. them to happen on it's the pinfalls. Tony Storm not doing it for you as champion either. She's not doing it for me. My only worry is, right, that we're going to we're going to elongate this stuff between Jamie Hater and Brit Baker a little bit more. I feel like Brit's not going to win against Soraya. So then Brit steals the moment from Jamie Hayes somehow. Mm. Because I feel mm. like they want to run the the like best mate angle of um of Tony Storm and, and Thunder Rosa. Because I think they wanted to do that for a while. Or at least that was gonna be the plan, wasn't it, before yeah. all this stuff happened. So I feel like they want to keep that going, but it feels like the right time to do it I, for Jamie Hayes. I've honestly got a bit of a worry that despite all the signs pointing to Jamie Hayes to get in the win. We might be blinded by it because that's what we want to happen. Yeah, but do you think Tony Storm could actually? Retain I think them? I think she will. I think she might. I think she will because I think Brit's gonna mess it up for Jamie. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think Jamie's yeah. gonna. I feel like everyone's assuming that Jamie's gonna win. But she's getting so popular. I know, that's the, yeah, even she when is. she's up against baby faces, you can't she's the one that's the organic pops. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Maybe Tony's listened to that. He did with um, the acclaimed. So maybe yeah. he will. Um, so two yeses there, yes. Andrew. What's your last? Uh, my final one is also a basic, a basic biatch piatch. Um, so I wanted, to, I, I, I really do want this to come true sooner rather than later as well. Hopefully at full gear, since it's full gear pitches, you know. Oh yeah. So I want to see Darby Allen finally turn heel on Daddy Sting. Oh, no. I want it to happen. As both Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal have stated, uh, it seems as though Sting has become Darby's greatest weakness. I can't right? watch Sting go through this again. <laughs> he trusts so many people over the past 40 years. I can, I can, I can, I can watch this. <laughs> Perhaps uh, even sort of Darby becoming too reliant on Sting to come to his aid during his bigger matches and, and help him pick up wins and everything. But even that isn't necessarily always the case either because Allen's lost some previous main event matches whilst being distracted with Sting, just like mm. scrapping on the outside. Uh, and then I guess there's a story to be told in that as well, in Darby slipping down the card and playing second fiddle to the icon, sort of just losing his edge and momentum due to his past contentedness. Uh, not to mention we had Darby explain why Sting hasn't been on TV recently, stating that he asked the legend to leave him alone for a little while so he could make it on his own. And still, though, Sting has been a part of this story, sort of, you know, with all the teases when uh, Jeff Carter. Jarrett came back and Colt Carter. Um, so that within itself has to be weighing on the mind of Darby Allen. So perhaps at full gear, Sting either picks up the win for him and Darby or he takes the pinfall. Either way, that could be the final straw that breaks the camel's back with Darby seeing either himself or Sting as the weak link within the partnership. Uh, Sting has spoken about his day. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sting has spoken about his days being numbered in wrestling and wanted to make him make the most out of the time he has left in the business. So why not go out with a bang 
by really putting over one of the like the aforementioned four pillars that we said before of Six AEW. Seven pillars, yep. yeah. And <laughs> Darby Allen. Uh, one final rivalry just to close things out whilst also giving Darby something of substance again. That's another character that's just not really doing it for me at the moment. But to be fair, he's not really had a lot to do in the last few months. I think in the last two months, he's rested two matches. Yeah. Um, well, something... really? Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow. When I was looking at Cage Who's match. this Darby? Yeah. Staggering. Uh, but the two against Jay Lethal. So there was quite a distance, I oh, think, between yeah, each yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, and that just could give his character a much-needed shake-up, in, in my opinion, because I, I think there's just something that's just been a little bit lost with Darby mm. Allen recently, with all the momentum that he's had. And people still cheer for him when he comes out and that, but he just feels a bit eh, lacking something at the moment. You know what? It's a big yes from me. Yeah. I think, well, who better to retire Sting than Darby? Mm. That'll be an emotional match. Also... I'm really eager to see what heel Darby would look like. Yeah, me changes look. Yeah, because he's a, he's a bit of a tweener, I guess. But when he's paired with Sting, more on the oh, baby face side. Yeah, so it uh, would be. What would evil Darby look like? He look like Danhausen. He would paint his face on the opposite side. Oh, yeah, on the heel tunnel. On side, the heel side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of like when Pentagon, already a dark looking character, became Pentagon Dark. Yes, and looked even more evil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know when Jeff Hardy started smoking tabs and impact. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. weird. That's what you want. That's, also, you want, you that's want, heel Darby Allen. You want Darby to go less supernatural when he turns heel. He just yeah. comes out in sunglasses and oh, sunglasses and smoking cigs. An arsehole emo instead of a nice one. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll be down for that. To the top. I'll be down for that. Um, comes I, out, I, oh, comes out on rollerblades instead of a skateboard. Oh, oh. but then four-wheeled rollerblades as well, so it's not like proper daring or anything yeah, like, like that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, I'm like, pairing everything back. Wobble, oh. <laughs> An 80s synth remix of I Fell. <laughs> oh, no, you I should, Fell. You should come Doing on. like a rollerblade dance down <laughs> Come on, a penny farthing. You can go really old school with <laughs> That's it. even better. <laughs> I like that. You know what, Andrew? I like what you've done there, and I can yeah. see the logic behind it, but mm. I can't see Sting oh. trust another person and get turned on and by again. To get turned. Wow. Is it, oh. Oy oy. And get turned and get betrayed again. <laughs> I can't see that happen because it's happened way too many times over the past 40 years. But, and I really like Sting. But I can but, see it happen because uh, this time, you know, in the past, Matthew always brings up the one where Flair be betrays him and yeah. it's almost obvious. Like thing. Yeah. But Sting wouldn't yeah, have been like this time because him and Darby have been through yeah, a lot. Yeah, they've been mates, haven't they? You know, they've been, they've been mates. And I'd, I, it would be nice to see. If we have like if the Your if Warbot's class, by the uh, way. I just noticed that there. It's Ooh. like those eighties color the, these are the kinds of colours that Darby Allen needs to yeah, 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 Are yeah, you yeah. keeping up with your times though? Uh not at the moment. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna down it when I go when I get out of here, I'm gonna What's absolutely you might sink well, it. Get yourself the twelve PM now. Go okay, on. It see it off like stone cold. But I would like to see maybe if it's like prolonged for a little while as well and, and we have like quite a run between these two. Yeah. Maybe the final match, like Sting's retirement match, is with Darby Allen, and that's where sort of Darby sort of turns face one once again in my, the end of that they hug it out yeah yeah that'll be, be great my second critique is if you're going to have uh, Darby take on Sting you're going to have Darby lose because I don't know if you know this but Sting's undefeated mm-hmm. he's unbeatable is he actually undefeated I don't know I've I think he is I assume he is I don't think he's been pinned no <clears throat> he might have lost like a multi-man match yeah mm. so you're, you're burying Darby there really yeah <laughs> It's a, it's a yes from me. I like the idea. I just it's yeah. it's my affections for Sting getting. That's okay. You do like Sting, don't you? I See, I'm not a big Sting. I'm not a huge Sting fan. He's the reason I'm sat here today. Jointly. That's pretty cool. I thought it yeah. was Billy Billy Willie Goldberg. It's the, the, the double VHS. Oh, it? Okay. It was the story of Sting and the story of Goldberg. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mine is also Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Darby Allen and Sting. Mm. The TNA lads look like they've got the match won when Cole Carter runs out and costs them. It's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're like, what the hell are you doing, Cole Carter? We were, we're good with you. We worked together just the other week. We paid for your services. But Cole slowly reaches up and pulls off his incredibly lifelike rubber mask like in Mission Impossible 1. Whoa. Or a pro- I mean, I assume they do it in later Mission Impossible. Yeah, they do, yeah. Okay. No, it's like a, still a staple. And the Mission Impossible Nintendo 64 game. Yeah. Where they go, oh, it's class. It's so good. He does that. It's not Cole Carter at all. It's Sting wearing his best Cole Carter disguise. It's a guess from me. <laughs> it's like a reverse of the week before. Everybody freaks out because Sting's in the ring. He's in the match. They look at him in confusion while the Tron flickers to life. We see officials and referees rush to the aid of two figures who've been laid out backstage, Darby Allen and Sting. The Tron finishes playing and everyone's horrified. On commentary, Excalibur shouts, if the real Sting and Darby are unconscious backstage, who are the two guys in the match? The man we thought was Darby Allen reaches up to pull his face mask off to reveal Stacks, whereas Sting reaches up to remove his, and oh my God, it's Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> also, you might remember that there's the other Sting on the outside who interfered that we thought was Cole Carter, but then it turned out to be Sting. He pulls off his face mask to reveal that actually it is Cole Carter. Yes, it's a double swerve. So he's it's Cole Carter, then Sting, then Cole Carter. He's done a Sting there, to be fair. Yes. Yeah, that's um, the family are back together, the three lads, and they beat up Jarrett and Lethal. Then the lights go down, and they're joined by five figures in Balaclavas. <laughs> <laughs> they are Andre Chase, Wendy Chu, Joe Gacy, Duke Hudson, and the man himself, Vaughn Wagner. <laughs> the- <laughs> They're taking over and they batter everyone and take apart the ring. The latter half of the show doesn't even happen and nobody cares because they're all too excited at the invasion of NXT 2.0. Wow. That is the best pitch that's ever happened. (laughs) Wow. The reason for this as well, I've I've thought of a good reason everything. Yeah. NXT's changing. It's becoming slightly more serious again. Mm. And these wacky characters, they don't want any of that. They want to to stick with the wackiness. They want to go to a place where they can mold it in their own image. And they think that's AEW. Yeah. yeah, and they all wear rainbow T-shirts because they're low, not ra- like like the paint splattered NXT yeah. look, you know. Mm. And that was similar to the Dynamite intro, actually. So it was, it was mm. very similar. Yeah. So they want to bring that back, bring the color back, bring the color to back. wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and then Miro's like, "I'm gonna drain it of color." Yeah, my god is colorless. Yeah, and then he hits him with a massive hammer. So I've got to be honest, uh, I was struggling to think of a third, and I thought, what will at least one of the two? That'll definitely say yes to him. And I thought Ross will. You, why, would, why would you say no to uh, well, that? Well, no, I, I don't think I'm in any position to say no, right? Because when I when I did <laughs> no, a, you are, you when, when I did a reveal in the last one that we did for Crown Jewel, right? I failed to take into account that I think it was uh, Peyton Royce is having a, is having a, a baby. Yeah, but we didn't um, realize that either. No, I nobody realized. Either, yeah. So I, I brought back uh, a pregnant lady. So I think this is not beyond the realm of of possibility. Nothing is. Nothing, nothing is. has got turned into chips. <laughs> exactly, so, right? Yeah. Um, so I, for the sheer confusion and excitement of that happening. The cold card a bit where he's sting and then he's cold Yeah, because he's got game. the double swerve in there. Oh, right, that, yeah. that, you know what I mean? That, That's the confusion. I thought you were thinking at the sight of Andre Chase, people were like, what? Who the hell's that? No, 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 no. Everybody knows who Andre Chase is. Yeah. Von Wagner is what? Yeah. Come on. Commiserations to Von, of course. Uh, Didn't win, did last he? Last night, yeah. Tom was quite smug about it on the news. Was he? I think he knew that it had broken our hearts. He's yeah. a bad person. Tom. He wasn't that smug about it. He just going, oh, no, Jack. And I was like... <laughs> That's because on the news yesterday, I promised four hours of coming from us three on the podcast this week <laughs> if they've come Tuesday one. Um, so, unfortunately, you won't get that now and you've got Sean Heckenbottom to thank for that. Yeah. Heckenbottom! <laughs> I'll, I'll see you at the Tell you what. I've just read past the screw job in Bret Hart's autobiography, and I've lost what I've lost what little respect I have for Sean. When you say screw job, what do you mean? 
Oh, well, no, no, no. Because, I don't know if you know this, oh, no. Bret Hart shags everything that moves. I've heard that he writes about this in his book quite frequently There's as so well. so many. And openly. Every time he goes on a tour abroad, you wait for the paragraph where it's like, I encountered a lovely young lady in the hotel. Like, no, Bret. I thought of my wife, but quickly pushed those thoughts aside. <laughs> like, Bret, what are you doing? Why did you lose respect for Brett after this? No, for Sean. Oh, for Sean. Oh, he just comes across like a total punk, punk bitch. <laughs> of course, this is obviously all in from the... the viewpoint of Brett Hart. So. Yeah. He says the Triple H is fascinated by his own manhood. Like he is winky. Yeah. Triple H is fascinated by... By Triple H's. Yeah. Oh. He says that he didn't like the DX stuff when it started the rude stuff. And he said stuff like they made a joke on the Tron about Triple H having a big winky. Oh, right. Triple H. It, started, it was the first of what I learned, would soon learn, was a fascination Triple H had with his own manhood. I was oh. like, oh, wow. Oh. The more you know. Turns out that Triple H likes cocks, not Vince. Ah, yeah. That's a I do remember that. That's a wrestling and, angle. And with that, <laughs> what better way to look forward to Full Gear 2022? <laughs> we hope that you're all looking forward to it as well. Leave your pitches in the comments section down below. And thank you very much to Ross and Andrew for joining me on this journey. Thank it's you, been great. Thank you very thank much. You very I can't much. wait to how hear how much we are either shills and or just too negative on AW. I know. Yeah. I can't wait. There's no well. middle ground. Um... <laughs> What we're have just we got? Fair. We're what just have... seeing what we're seeing and just comment on, on that without having any sort of allegiance to anything, okay? We're what, just trying. What have we got to look forward to over this weekend, Ross? Is WTF moments Oh, all the normal bollocks. Yeah, that'll be out on Sunday. What happened what out on the Saturday night? Yeah, yeah. Adam's... No, is it you? Is it, who is it live streaming? It might be myself and Adam doing the live stream and the predictions tomorrow, mm. perhaps. Also, this time, um, I believe that I will... Be, once I've done what happened out and the editors are editing it, together i'll still be in the office i'll be stationed here keeping a very close eye on that press conference just to <laughs> yes, see yeah. what happens so there we go we'll we'll be on it if anything kicks off it's unless, going to be the safest press conference ever unless i fall asleep because it'll yeah. be really boring yeah i reckon it will be. uh thank you to dan behind the camera as well for thanks, all the stuff dan. he looked surprised there when i shouted him out sorry dan and uh thanks to you as well <laughs> um stay safe and we'll see you very soon the secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.